Alright, welcome to Big Screen Auckland. I'm Corey. And Nige. Slight spoiler warning, we don't go out of our way to ruin films. We're like a, what are we? If they're first time listeners, as is always one, <laughs> we talk movies and we don't. These are discussions more than. But we're not going to hold back on any spoilers, so. Oh, wait a minute, now we're not going to spoil Incendies, are we? I would like to tread very carefully with Incendies. Yeah, and we're doing the Tree of Life, maybe a little bit on Billy Ted to movie. And what's on. Like, so if you don't want to know shit about those three, then you can skip forward. It'll have the runtime in the notes or whatever, but you can jump forward if you want. But we'll try. We're It'll not going to ruin it, we're not going to like Billy Ted die. Eyes at the end of it. We're none of that. Shock horror. Cool. Incendies. Before we start off with our discussion slash review slash whatever it is, nine out of ten. Ten out of ten. There you go. Okay, Thank moving you. on. Opinions out. <laughs> hundred out of a hundred. That's what I'm giving this film. It wasn't just nine out of ten. Yes, yeah, amped it. Oh, All right. Cranked it up. I oh. remembered how much I loved it. <laughs> In the two seconds between yep. those sentences, you remembered. Yeah. We played at the New Zealand Film Fest, but we missed it because we we missed it on purpose because we're very clever. Yes, that's right. That's right. That's what we did. Because we knew it was coming out straight after the film fest, and we wanted to allocate our film fest dollars towards rarities. Plus, I mean, if you can see things outside of the fest too, I think you can soak them in better. Totes. It's actually pronounced Onsondi, that you know. Oh, really? Well, if you're looking for Ensemble, it's written as Incendies. <laughs> Which translates to Scorched or Destruction by Fire. Notice other countries have called it Narwhal Secret or The Woman Who Sings. Uh, it's about a brother and sister who have to travel from Canada to the Middle East after their mom dies, and she asked them in her will to go look for their brother and their father, neither of whom they knew existed sort of thing. The way she asks in her will is super cool. She's like a secretary for a lawyer who knows and likes the family, and he gets the kids in the office and pulls out these envelopes and reveals them but one at a time and they learn their secret missions mm-hmm. I like the setup yeah that yeah, was real cool you're gonna hear me say that a lot throughout this yeah that part was cool and mm. this part yeah that was cool <laughs> so this tells uh, their story of them going to the Middle East at the same time as revealing mum's story 30 years ago or whatever one of my favourite cinema techniques where they cut and change the timeline masterfully done as well in this one I like the way they cut between her wearing the necklace looking rather like her daughter and then straight to the daughter wearing the same necklace it's like oh hard to tell a little bit jarring I see what you've done there that's very cool Clever and cool. <laughs> but you knew when you were in the new one because Radiohead was playing. Totally. Well, okay, then, yeah, I fucking loved it too. Storytelling masterclass, I thought. Mystery and drama and suspense and passion and emotion. Fuck. It was awesome. Brilliant cast as well, I thought. Especially the mother and the daughter. Every time they'd come on screen, I'm like, she's she's my new favourite. Mm. And then it cut to the other one. And you're like, oh, nah, okay, she's my new favourite. <laughs> like, this is a difficult film to have a discussion about because the plot basically tells the story of the mum from her teens right through to when she's living in Canada and shit like that. And so you know a fair bit at the start and you reveal more and more, but it's done perfectly so that when the two meet in the middle and all of a sudden everyone's aware as you are at the right time, mm. some powerful shit. It's some very oh, clever yeah. writing. And it was based on a play right yeah not, yeah not yeah. a playwright yeah. <laughs> and it's from quebec yeah so even though it was Quebecian? a canadian even though it was Quebecian? a canadian film the whole thing's in fucking french but, but it's, it's in also the middle not, east yeah. you don't think of it as a quebecian film yeah but yeah it's based on a, a french play mm. that buzzes me out i can't imagine how you do this on stage no i know because what we were seeing on screen was so fucking awesome mm. although i suppose the story was the best part of this thing so yeah that's true yeah, i suppose that's that true. would translate man can you believe this film lost the oscar to in a better world yeah i know i was thinking about that and it was up against dog too and beautiful and outside the law we actually saw all five in the end did we yeah. fuck we're awesome like, I'm sure not many people saw outside the law right 
I don't know, does the Oscar name have a pull? It worked on us. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I saw that one as well. I enjoyed it immensely. I could just about rank those. Outside the law and beautiful, we can agree those are the bottom for us, especially outside the law for me. Yeah. What would you go with? I'll put in Ensemble's at number one, then Dogtooth at number two, then um, In a Better World. In a Better World, right. At three, then. I think I'm probably exactly the same. Dogtooth shouldn't be sitting in that list. That should be in its own, compared to Rubber. And um, <laughs> like that should be best absurd of surrealism. Anyway, jumping way back to what you said about this was based on the play. It's hard for us to sit here and wax on about how fucking awesome it is because we can't go into any parts of it because the whole thing is perfect as a whole. All we can really do is sit here and try and convey how important it is that you go and see this fucking film which yeah. is goddamn incredible. If you ask us, yeah. And you are asking us otherwise you wouldn't hit play seven minutes ago. I was so wrapped up in it and it's sort of bookended almost with the scene at the swimming pool. You see it happen at the start and then it plays it again at the end and the changes that have gone on in between then like you look at it so differently when you see that swimming pool scene again. I mean, what the mother went, once you know her story in that, I was as freaked out with her story arc as her kids were. Yeah, it was horrifying every time we learned something about it. And then did that little gasp like she did. <gasps> it's quite powerful the way they have the sister there doing all the digging and not the brother. And then she rings the brother and it's like trying to explain to him over the phone. Just fucking get here now. <laughs> a couple of things I just wanted to chuck in, just as a, a gush. If you've seen it, you'll know what I mean. The sniper shooting at kids. When you saw that scene, did you think we were following one of the kids? Did you think he was one of the kids? Yeah. I'd... Oh, okay, this is what happened to them. We've gone back in time to follow what happened from the orphanage. Mm. Oh, oh, no, I hope they're okay. Nah, it was fucking, it was happening. <laughs> nice. Punching her pregnant belly, crossing the bridge when she's trying to go to the south to join her husband, apparently. And there's all the arguing and the guns and shit. She just sleeps right past She's constantly them tense, yeah. though. Being trapped in that room full of ladies that are all fucked off with her and her family. And that fucking bus attack. Was... The whole bus scene, yeah. There's so many bits I could pull out of this. Genius. This should win movies of decades. I can't <laughs> believe people aren't. And it was are gorgeous, too. Shot really well. This? I've been saying that a lot lately. Lately, we've had, like, say, Martha Marcy meets cut off. Even like merry-go-round, double-hour, turn horse, how ended this summer. Like, fuck, this means beautiful films lately. Oh, so good-looking. I'm going to chuck that in this list as well. This was so good to look at. Yeah. Are people talking about it? Yeah. I don't know. It's Oscar bars. Is that well gone now? Oh, that was six months ago. It's a year old already. It premiered in Venice last year. Is it September. still playing in Auckland? Yeah. Rialto if, and if Lido. Wellington or Melbourne or whatever it is, go and find it. Ensemble's, spelt Ensendies. <laughs> you don't have to be as cheesy and look at the notes and find out Twitter accounts and get back to us and tell us how fucking right we were when we recommended this to you. But if you did, it would be awesome. Because we're right. Because it's the best fucking film. Top 10 anyway. Easily. <laughs> Easily. And speaking of the best movie ever, Tree of Life, this year's Khan winner. We also saw that this week. Brad Pitt, Dinosaurs. Best movie ever, huh? Has anybody ever said that? Well, Khan did. Didn't they boo it? <laughs> yeah, true. I'll tell you what, I thought of a soundbite for this film, because I didn't know what to think of it, and I went in mildly intoxicated. When the world was being created, I was fucking moved. I was like writhing in my seat yeah. over that extended 20 minute sequence. I think the sound was cranked up, not to melancholia levels, but it was a loud, <laughs> kone quatsi. Yeah. It felt like that. And in the middle of that film, it was refreshing because the rest of that film was a lot of whispering mm, mm, mm. and a hell of a lot of it followed those kids. And I found myself watching it in every five minutes going, these kids are way fucking better than those kids from the Giants. <laughs> and then like 10 minutes later going, nah, just the same. Fuck, I hate kids. Like, <laughs> I've actually got a, a note down here. Fuck, I hate kids. Good call. For those of you who don't know, this is a new Terrence Malick one. It's his fifth film in since 73. If you haven't first, heard of The so. Tree of Life, stop listening to our podcast. 
discussed. This thing's been discussed across the entire planet. It's the new Terrence Malick weird fucking film. And it's sort of Sean Penn remembering back to his childhood in Texas in the 50s with Brad Pitt as his dad and the brother dies and and also the universe is created. Yeah, just as an aside. There's some dinosaurs. But it wasn't as weird as I thought, actually. It was more Malick than weird. I thought it was yep. just the same as... Then Red Line. Yeah, which is actually the only one I can compare it to because that's the only one I've ever seen. I've seen them all and that was definitely closest to Thin Red Line. I really liked how it's not so much storytelling, it's like story suggesting. It just gives you all these things. Yeah. Slowly a bit of a story emerges sort of thing, but yeah. it's just so unhurried and it's the least forceful story you've ever seen. Totally. I really did enjoy that. And it's showing you pictures of this, a picture of that, and this is happening, and then slowly it you know, bubbles to the surface. Which, yeah, it reminded me of Thin Red Line more yeah, than his, the other his, three. Yeah, Pacific World War II film, yeah. No, I enjoyed it. Like, I'm not saying I really liked the comparison between the world creation and following those kids and following Sean Penn and, like, any stuff on Rocky Shores and th- shit like that. That was all beautiful and transient and fucking... It was giving me a lot of time to think and stuff. You could really just sort of pay as much attention as you wanted to and not miss anything. Mm. I thought those kids did remarkably well. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder what Terrence Malick's like as a director. He's probably just like, go play, run around and shit. I saw it on IMDb. He's got another one coming out next year. Oh, he should. He's fucking getting a rush <laughs> on. <it. laughs> probably wants to buy a nice car or something. Pump out a few and have another 30-year break. <laughs> I wasn't really taken with it. No? No, I kind of thought it was kind of forgettable. <laughs> but I'm not a huge... Like, the Khan winners have often... Um, I've got a few for you to throw at you. Previous Khan winners. Uncle Boon Me. You see, sometimes those French fucks got no idea what they're talking about. Dancer in the Dark. And sometimes they get it bang on. Pulp Fiction. And sometimes they nail it. Rosetta. Barton Fink. The Piano. Barton Fink, I don't think she'd have got it. Fahrenheit 9-11. Oh, such an odd Campion's list. the Piano, not the Pianist. Yeah. Pulp Paris, Fiction. Texas. Elephant. That means Harvey Keitel's got a double. He's got the Piano and Pulp Fiction. Oh, He's like a multi-fucking Khan winner. I'm putting him in my next film. Guarantee myself <laughs> that gone. <laughs> I think for a while there, I was quite taken with Khan and it's still definitely a bit extra buzz like for example El Violin's playing at the moment that got silver or whatever in yeah. 06 Khan you're like oh it must be good sort of thing you still have a little bit of that but that's quite rapidly wearing off like when I look at some of the lists like Uncle Boon Me Boon Me was more exciting for a second because of Khan yeah and you did watch that twice yeah and it failed for me really did fail so Khan is certainly losing its when you think about it it's just a festival that's pretentious enough to judge films like imagine yeah. if they picked a jury in Auckland and said right you guys decide what the best is at Khan's yeah. Like, what would have got it? Senna? Depends on who the 12 you pick are. True, that's a good way to look at it. It's just the. Like Vancouver. Choosing. Vancouver all of a sudden made the Vancouveries <laughs> and then just started getting Tarantino to judge them. Mm. I'd listen. I'd yeah. Listen, yeah. He's been on a card panel before, hasn't he? Oh, yeah. I think that's it. Once you win, once you're as entertaining as Tarantino, yeah. he gets publicity. fucking boon me. <laughs> well, let's assume not. Archie Bon Weasel Thrack, whatever the fuck his name was. I, <laughs> I think it was pretty it. close, yeah. Yeah, but this one, that didn't help because I didn't get much from it. There was lots of good shots, like Jessica Chastain floating by that tree. Oh, man, that came gorgeous. Up. I think I might have gasped at that. <laughs> I think you did. There was that upside-down shot of the kids' shadows as they were playing. Yeah. Um, they just looked amazing. There was some spirally corkscrew things underwater that were really buzzy, whipping yeah, those away from the things, camera. Yeah. yeah, What do you think of the creation? I'm about to answer that now. All of that imagery was awesome. Yeah. But shit like that needs to have a story behind it. I haven't seen Connor Kotti or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. But I've seen Baraka, which is supposedly the same thing. But that had, it's all leading towards something. You start with the monkeys, you slowly work your way into the cities and the Tokyo cigarette factories and shit like that. But it sort of got a thread that's pulling you along. This one, I found, no matter how brilliant it looked, you were still bored of a shot after three seconds. It's like looking at a showreel. Does that look awesome? It fucking does. Do you want to sit in a theater and look at it? Not particularly. Not if it's not pulling me along. But I was thinking like, there was some shit in 
in like space at one stage. If this was in a space movie, that would probably be my favorite shot from the whole film. It looked gorgeous. It really did. But because this was not telling me anything, it was, uh, yeah, it was... I fucking loved all of it, man. All of that creation part was fucking yeah. unfathomably spectacularly awesome. I've since read that it was all made for real. None of it's CG. They went to some old school special effects guy mm. and it's like milk spinning on glass with food coloring and then magnetic dyes and shit like through it and then it's like flames and, and stuff recorded through sheets of... Nice, But yeah. I didn't appreciate that at the time. I didn't give a shit if it was computer or not. It, just, it still looked awesome. But it had a pretty good story. Maybe I've read a lot more books on... It was like the Big Bang and then... I'm not saying it had nothing. I'm saying... But you're I saying wasn't in the narrative. It wasn't pulling me along. Oh, okay. Whatever it was telling, wasn't telling strongly enough for me to give a shit about. It looked like a music video. I didn't know what was happening. I didn't really care. There's some pretty pictures on a great screen. Well projected. That's not what I'm here for, though. Oh, I was into it. I was like, oh, was that the Big Bang? Shit, is, is the universe going to expand outward at an incredible rate? Oh, it just fucking did. Oh, I've never seen that visualized. <laughs> Man, I wonder how their planets are going to form. Oh, they just came out of the ooze. But Earth should be really hot. There it is. Oh, it's fucking covered in volcanoes. That's wicked. Oh, I wonder. <laughs> and then the whole thing, it, yeah, it progressed as I wanted it to. Nice thing I've ever seen done before. Any BBC, yeah, doco, zoom out, thing like that. This was. Yeah. And then it came all the way through and then it was like that kid. Yeah, what a ballsy move to put that in the middle of your film. Yeah. I wonder where the film would have stood up without it. I wonder if you could have just had Waco and New York cutting back and forwards. Mm. Predominantly Waco. That's the part I didn't realise. Oh, holy shit, a lot of it was on their childhood. It was like 80% of it was Following in Following these Texas. kids run around a house with light streaming through 15% was the beginning of the world. Yeah. 5% was Sean Penn in the future, thinking back. Yeah, like, and then like 0.5% of the end of the world, or end of Sean Penn's life. Which, by the way, I might as well jump in here and say I that totally lost me. I was so uninterested in all of that stuff on the beach. And I think it was like the last 10 minutes of the film, I think. Yeah. I was ready to go at that stage. Oh, yeah. You? I think I'd gone and ruined it and realised or read enough stuff to know that at the end there was heaven represented as a beach. And so when it came up, I was like, oh yeah, I see. There was the rocks, he's, whatever it was. I wasn't like being arrogant enough to say to myself, oh, he's completed his journey. Any of that fucking wankology. Mm. I was just like, oh, okay, I see what they did there. Oh, everybody's come. Yeah, he's even meeting his younger self. Yeah, but just because you know what it is, is that enough to like... As a payoff for all you've just seen with the kids growing up and the conflict between father and child and all that shit you've seen, is that the payoff you wanted? Sure. Nah, nah, that wasn't a film that you were looking for payoff. Mm. There wasn't a payoff. I didn't come out of it thinking that was awesome, just like I didn't come out of The Thin Red Line thinking that was awesome. Mm. And The Thin Red Line, let's say it was a whole big film about a guy remembering back to before he went to war, remembering back to his childhood, picturing his pregnant wife again, and intersperses 20 minutes of a war film, along with following him walk up a grassy slope for ages. Mm. Same sort of thing. True Life had you know 40 minutes of him playing on a front lawn followed by 20 minutes of something incredible happening on screen be it war or creation yeah. and a lot of flashbacking at the time I was like oh wow I really like that war stuff but the rest of the film could fucking blow nothing wrong with it but yawn it's the same with Tree of Life Tree of Life is exactly the same as my Thin Red Line review I can see how fucking talented and amazing that looked none of it was for me whereas you're saying those amazing bits were enough to bring the whole film up for you yeah one time was war the other time was thing but as I left Thin Red Line I certainly didn't think I liked it. it took me four years later to buy the DVD mm. ask me in 2015 if I own the DVD of the Tree of Life mm. it's going to be a no <laughs> <laughs> I did like the story with Brad Pitt and his kid and how he was the harsh dad and the kid like was Brad like Pitt, yeah. bucking out but no I think he had his glorious bastard's chin out and it was irritating me it seemed out of place and the amount of whispering this film had it's all it was oh my god whisper narration who yeah. the fuck thought that was a good idea it's like June Terry Malick and I know you don't agree with this I thought the score was dreadful all the orchestral opera shit going to dizzying heights how sweeping it was not impressed with any 
any of that. I'm not saying it needed to be fucking Radiohead or Sigur Ross or something, but you've seen other people do interesting stuff. To me, orchestral stuff. Isn't that filmmaking 101? Can you do something different? I didn't like any of it at all. The score throughout the whole thing irritated me. It was way too correct. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He tried something so different with the film. Why was the score like that? You mean like when you watch Lord of the Rings and every single time there's a horse, there's like a galloping horn score by whatever his name is, <laughs> Howard Shore. I was rewatching it the other day, the Lord of the Rings film I love, by the way. Trilogy. And yeah, I was watching it I was like, oh my God, I fucking heard this. I was watching the extended edition and I was sick. So I was lying in bed not actually watching it. Eyes were closed and I was just listening to it. But I could follow the film because like, oh, da -da -da, there's the horses. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. There's the bad guys. <laughs> oh, the horses are back. <laughs> dun, dun, da -da -da. Oh, they're mixing. And then, oh, it's battle time. I open my eyes, watch the battle. Close my eyes like, da -da -da. No, a little bit sadder. Oh, the horses are retreating. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's all told to the school. Same fucking thing the entire time. It's yeah. real obvious. I don't think that. Just to defend myself though, Radiohead and the Lord of the Rings would have judged so much like. Well, yeah, don't ask me my opinion of Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Nothing could have made that work. <clears throat> but yeah, Tree of Life, are you going to recommend it to anybody? No. Um, Certainly not Brad Pitt fans. I've heard a lot of people say whether you like it or hate it, this is one of those films you all should see. It's a must see and make your mind up from there. I don't know, man. I don't think so. I want to say no to that. This is a film I want to hear actual reviewers' opinions. I want to hear like Jake's and Doug's and a few people on Twitter. I want to see what they said. Because it's just a film that's very easy to hate because you don't understand anything that's going on. It's so ethereal and the, the whispers are so annoying and ridiculous Terrence Malickisms going on there. And then kapow, dinosaurs. What do you think of the dinosaurs? Hang on a minute. Back to my stream of thoughts. It's so easy to walk out and going, you know what? I didn't like that. And because you didn't like it, you've now got two and a half hours of ammo. I think it probably suffers from that. I think if it wasn't such a weird film, you could come out of it saying I didn't like it. But you can come out of it if a layman, for example, asks you, oh, what was Tree of Life like? You can go, oh my God, and then dive into it because it's just such a fucking experimental art house film. I think there needs to be two categories of where you walk out and go, I didn't like it because of what it was. And then there's another way, like an even deeper layer where you, I didn't like it and then you rip it apart. But I don't think you should confuse the two. I'm not saying you are, mm -hmm. but I'm saying I hope this film doesn't have people that don't like it walk out and then rip it apart just because it's easy to rip it apart. Like that's Terrence Malick trying really hard and putting like a lot of himself onto a, you know, he's a weird guy. He went all out. The performances and shit were all really done. The cinematography was all good. Like the special effects I talked about, people booed the fucking asses off on that film. Yeah. And like, how did it get booed and then win? So I want to hear some reviews on this film, mm. not from myself. I'm not much of a fan of this film, but I can't see how it got booed at all. Yeah. This isn't that kind of film. With no storyline that lasts for two and a half hours, it's amazing how not bored I was. The film's never dull. Yeah. There's always stuff happening. Like, it'll end up in that 1001 movies you must see before you die book. Guaranteed, this will be in there. If you're doing film history and you want to see the different reaches of film, like what's the different things films can do, yeah. this is definitely one of those. You must see if you give a shit about that stuff. This is not the Big Lebowski that you must see because everybody enjoys it. Yeah. This is if you want to hold pretentious film discussions at dinner parties, then you must see The Tree of Life. Otherwise, that conversation might start and you won't be able to join in. <laughs> you won't be able to discuss the kid with the rabies on the back of his head or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, it's certainly not a must see. You must see Incendies. <laughs> you must see the original Star Wars trilogy. Mm. You really should see Lawrence of Arabia. This one here? No, you don't need to see this. I did have some amazing stuff, but also I've got a thing with, it's very strongly about family and having children and how parents deal with having children and stuff. All shit which I 
don't care about. Yeah. There's some whispering for you in the Tree of Life discussion. Yeah, and there was one line I wrote down. The only way to be happy is to love. If you don't love, life will flash by. You think they had it right there? Are you going to change your ways, Nige? Oh, any film that puts that in some dialogue has lost me, pretty much. Not dreadful by any stretch of the imagination, but not for me. You mentioned dinosaurs. I was cool with them. Didn't see how it fit, but then the whole beginning of the universe thing didn't really fit for me anyway. But it was fine as a piece. What about you? I'm more interested in what you thought. Of the dinosaurs? When that big one was on that beach, I was shocked. Like, as I said, in my mind, I was following it, following it, following it, following along everything he was doing, I was agreeing with. Oh, yeah, it's about time he had whatever it was. Tiny microbes. They should come from underwater volcano vents. Like, that's where life formed. Everyone that reads how life form book knows that. I was watching the it. God then... made it. Seven days. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so can you explain why that raptor stepped on that other dinosaur's head and then went away. I think you've already read, bro, because you just called it a raptor. How would you have possibly known that? I've seen Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah? It didn't look like a raptor, did it? It was a not. Did you check out your thousand and one dinosaurs? I don't know. <laughs> I did read, actually. They said it. You just own the Jurassic Park trilogy. You, you know, know it's you know a raptor. You know there's a dinosaur? Its name is Cory Thoris. Like, seriously, I've got a dinosaur named after me. I am that good. <laughs> I don't know why that dinosaur decided to let the other one go. He should have eaten it. What was that about? Back to the dinosaur's full stop I was watching the entire thing of like oh life's formed on the sea vents I'm liking this I see where it's going any second now we're going to have like a mudfish is going to flap onto the beach and that is when mammals will form from the ocean and then he fucked with me he did it on purpose reveal shot the world's like biggest dinosaur flapped up on the beach the one with the gash in his side clever I was looking for something tiny he's gone and on my right pow <laughs> bus. no I like, that's cool he just jumped like 500 million years in a second I like that that's very clever well done, I thought to myself. Because <laughs> I guarantee there were a bunch of us looking for that same thing that I was looking for in the audience. And went, bait and switch. That move. It was a bait and switch. <laughs> Cool. Actually, we saw Tree of Life in our fantastic favourite cinema, The Capital, right up near Balmoral. Mm. Auckland, you're still missing out. This shit's 10 bucks on Tuesdays. The same as the other ones. There's no texters. There's no gangsters. It's awesome. <laughs> no texters, no gangsters. It's the fucking biz. If I had taken over as their new manager, we still don't even know if the new manager has started yet. I wouldn't have been as cool as Ant Timpson, who used to manage it back in the early 90s. We just found out. But I would have the slogan as, no texters, no gangsters. That's awesome. Yeah, totally, man. That's how you make some money. We saw two in a row there. We saw a Tree of Life. And we saw a fucking Billy T. Tim movie. Yeah, it was quite nice. It was good for Doco. Like I talked about last week, this thing's broke a record and vouchers galore and I mean... Yeah, they got nuts on this shit. It's, uh, yeah, it's not bad. Man, there were little old ladies in the back of the cinema laughing up at Billy T's jokes. I remembered half a dozen of the funniest and they were fucking funny. Those six. The only thing I knew, I think, I mean, I knew his, you know, yellow towel, black singlet routine, but yeah. pretty much the only thing I actually remembered was the Lancer bags. His comedy... <laughs> really corny yeah it was the man's kitchen thing with the oh I chuck it in reverse and it spits the bloody thing back out it's like uh. <laughs> was it comedy of its time do you think I mean the old ladies in the back obviously did love it and they would have loved it in 1982 when they watched it on their telly that was it bro that was when comedy was groundbreakers like Seinfeld came along and changed it up and taught people that you could actually be edgy and stuff once upon a time it was all full house sappy crap or like the comedy show with Cole the Butcher and stuff like that Cole the so, you know, those Australian things they used to import to us with the naughty daughters and the fucking... <laughs> it was all, always painful. Thank God I grew up hating comedy. <laughs> yeah, this was certainly not the comedy for me. I, I thought think, yeah, he's I, awesome. Very charismatic. It was definitely the comedy for the 80s, though. That shit was popular yeah. as fuck back then. But how 
buzzy was it? How many incarnations did a show go through? Like it was a skit show, you had that Nazi thing, Falcon Crest on for a bit or something, and then there was like a sitcom. Yeah, I never saw that sitcom. I wonder if anybody ever bought that or if it just like played for He had an Australian wife or something, so he could It could have been it could have been Australia, like maybe just someone sold him into Australia. Oh, Who knows? Most of them seem to be called the Billy T. James show, but <laughs> it was a real thorough telling of a story, and they were sure I didn't know about him. Totally. I didn't know this was going into bling life when it was like, oh, he made a hundred grand a month and was spending 105 sort of thing. You've seen that on E-True Hollywood Stories enough times, but I never guessed this was going that way. Yeah. I didn't know that was part of his story ever. He ended up having a weird wife and daughter as well. And it's shit about the married volcanics and stuff like that. And, and it showed him was talented and that sort of stuff. And then he worked hard and it chatted to his mates and they all had little anecdotes. And then, oh, first we got onto the TV by having him play this. Then he got his own show and it was a little bit better. Then he got his mate over and he had the world's greatest show. Then he got like a tiny bit power mad and thought he knew exactly what the answer was and fucked it up. Then he died. Like, wow, I think, yes, I did. I paid attention to him the last, yeah. from when he had three years left to live to when he had like six months left to live. I watched him then. Yeah. I certainly didn't remember any of that Falcon Crest stuff or any of other shows. You were prepared for a comedy. You got yourself all geared up to like, oh, comedy on the big screen. I don't know if I can handle it. I thought it was going to be scenes of... Best of. Oh, the best of him. I thought it was going to be a lot more of his shit. I thought it was going to be cut up with stand-up and then other people doing his bits or maybe. And I thought there's going to be a lot on NZ comedy and our current stand-ups and they win that yellow towel award in the trailer it was cut into segments to legend to comedy or whatever then it was like to legacy and it had people at the billy t awards this is the part i'm going to hate the most i don't want to see fucking current new zealand comedians not only do i not want to see them i don't want to hear their opinions of billy t either like if there's someone that died when these people were three and they ask him about him it's like that's fucking obnoxiously disgusting <laughs> don't talk to this 23 year old kid that's just won an award oh what did billy t james mean to you and it's like oh you quick youtube youtube fuck oh i remember that guy do you? Do you actually? <laughs> it was so good that everyone else they got to talk about him. Yeah. But yeah, one of those Billy T award winning chicks was fucking annoying the shit out of me. He was only on screen for like a minute and a half. Still ruined it. It should be cut. I was just thankful that they showed none of their stuff. It's yeah. like they edited in for the trailer. That wasn't in the actual fucking movie. But yeah, the little bit they were on, you just like, I really don't care. Stop talking, please. I don't care. Go away. Go away. I yeah. guess I've heard of you as well. Go away. Fucking Ian Mew dropped himself in. That was kind of cool. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I've seen came on Friday. It's not bad. Mm. Craig's dad built a bridge that they blow up in it oh yeah oh there you go fucking filmed in the Wangari River it's not the comedy you might be thinking it is that's the only warning I'd put out about it but it's a it's a, it's a long fulsome story of Billy T. James and all his trials and tribulations story of his life high points low points okay, pretty well made he, he's a bit of a Kiwi hero Barry Crump type shit cool can anything beat that incredible week no not really Incendies was awesome Tree of Life Man Billy this is Doco mm. Lucky Incendies was there to lift that shit up what a fucking film <laughs> if you got the message go and see it so all three of those are still playing Tree of Life is on at like Capital and maybe like Queen Street event or something Something I'm thinking and Rialto Incendies is on at Rialto and Lido in Auckland. Uh, Billy T. James is every fucking where. Yeah, which is so bizarre. Like they really just want everybody to see it. I mean, good on them, but just why this one? Mm. It just seems to jump out of nowhere. Now it's a bit of a slow week coming up. The main one out at the multiplexes. I'm not going to talk about because it it's the change up, which I'm sure you don't want to have a discussion about. No, don't forget Hannah's out. Don't forget Hannah's out. Yeah, they just need a reminder. So I'm going to talk about two that are maybe coming out. It's real weird, like. Jane Eyre, Lido's got it listed as Thursday the 8th. Events got it on Friday the 9th, which is 
why would they have a movie listed as a Friday? And then Rialto's just got Friday, Saturday, Sunday premiere screening. So I don't actually know if it's out this week or if it's officially out the Who, following week. Is out Lido. Are we having a week of preview screenings before it actually started? So it's actually out now, but yeah. not officially. If they ask, no, it's not out yet. It's out, but don't look to see it on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night because we're not showing it. It's a date movie, so to save us the hassle, we're releasing it now, but pretending we're not. <laughs> Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, come and see it with your fucking partner and then just leave him for the week and then he can watch an action film and then fine, it starts again. It's very weird. If anyone doesn't know what Jane Eyre is, you're in the same boat as me. I actually don't even know what it is. Apparently, it's a novel from 1847. I believe it's the world's most famous story, yeah. Yeah, Wiki has got 30 film and TV adaptations listed. I've it's... seen none of them. Ever. Me neither. I don't know what the story's about. But yeah, the silent versions, Hong Kong, Hindi, Czech Republic versions, a couple of Mexican ones, and the main two characters, Jane Eyre and Mr. Rochester, have been played by like Orson Welles, Charlotte Gainsbourg, Timothy Dalton, Anna Paquin, George C. Scott. It's like a fucking list of people who've played these two characters. Patton. Radical. <laughs> it's not even the kind of thing that would interest you or I usually write this costume. To me, I lump it in the same thing as Pride and Prejudice and fucking mm. Sense and Sensibility or all that shit. With all the Jane Austen stuff. They have big country manners. Somebody will arrive on the back of a carriage towed by horses. He'll wear a top hat. He'll be called Mr. Darcy or Mr. Rochester or Mr. fucking blah blah. And there'll be a servant girl who's a fucking blah blah. And they'll wear long dresses. Why do we hate them so much? We've never seen any of them. It's, it's not no like, oh, I'm so sick of this story. We've never seen them. <laughs> I know, I know. And I think I'll watch this trailer without being laughed at by the computer. It looked all right. It looked mm. pretty good. But I can easily class it as, however, it gains nothing from the big screen. Oh, right. Their costumes will be larger. <laughs> it seems to me one that I don't need to rush to and pay my money for. What about you? You going to see it? Yeah, I'm really excited about it, actually. Good just shit. because of the talent. You know, that's my thing. And this, for me, the big screen is the place where it's not even the big screen so much. It's a dark theater. It's oh. somewhere I can go and just drink in the cinema totally. part of it. A stupid of me would say the Black Swan gains nothing from the big screen. You know what I mean? But he'd be 100% wrong. So yeah. I could be wrong about this. See it and tell me about it. You're not going to see this on the big screen? Uh, not without my missus. Because it's a slow week. Well. <laughs> yeah. As far as talent goes, it's the director's second feature. He made Sin Nombre about the Honduras kids trying to immigrate to the US, which took out um, Best Director in yeah, Cinematography heard, at um, Sundance. It's starring Mia Voschkovska, who's from Alice Wonderland, and kids are all right. And Michael Fassbender, who we loved as uh, Archie Hickox from Inglorious Bastards and Magneto from First Class. Yeah. Also from Hunger and Fish Tank and 300 and shit. Yeah. I just wanted to jump in. I looked at their What's Coming Up. Mia Voschkovska's in Gus Van Sant's new one. Oh, yeah. She's in the new one from Park Chan-wook. Park Chan-wook, the world's best fucking... JSA in the Vengeance trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah, doing yeah. his uh, English-speaking debut and she's she's leading that. And she's also in the new one from the crew who made the proposition. It's called The Wettest County in the World and it's with her and Gary Oldman and Tom Hardy. She's been chucked into talent. I know she's kind of famous for being Alice in Alice in Wonderland, which was a bit of a thick movie, but um, she just seems to be... I mean, she's 22 or whatever. Oh, I was very impressed with her when I saw her and Kids Are Right. Yeah. As for Michael Fassbender, actually, these two are together again. Mia Voschkovska and Michael Fassbender are coming up in Jim Jarmusch's new one. Fassbender's back with his hunger director and his new one with Kerry Mulligan. Holy fuck. There's a little tight circle they got going on there. He's in that new Ridley Scott thing that was going to be an alien prequel, but he's ended up becoming something else. Prometheus? Yeah. Anyway, this film's also got uh, Jamie Bell, who everyone's about to know as Tintin, and he blew me away in Dear Wendy and Undertow. I've seen Dear Wendy. It's got Dame Judy, who's been M since 95. Yep. She won that Best Sporting Actor thing for her tiny Shakespeare in Love performance. She's very famous for, like, she was in it for two minutes and one sort of thing. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Dame Judy. Wasn't she also in Chronicles of Riddick? Yeah. <laughs> that was an odd turn up. Well remembered. I like that fact. It's got the kid from Submarine in it. Oh, quirky guy. And 
Jane Eyre, yeah. And nice. also his mum in that, Sally Hawkins, who I love from Never Let Me Go and Education, Happy Go Lucky, Layer Cake, blah, 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 blah. She's brilliant. Yep. So fucking, there's heaps of talent in that. There um, is, man. There's the world's biggest talent pool in a film I might not give a shit about the story or the plot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that doesn't phase you in either way, and it uh, puts me right off. It could be the world's best adaptation of a period piece costume drama starring strong willed servant girl and a well to do um, traveling businessman or whatever the fuck. Uh, they could be really luscious meadows. I don't care. But this one's all about the mystery, but because it's fucking 160 years old. Everyone knows. Mystery's been ruined. Yeah, it's no, a bit totally. of a shame. I suppose the reason I'm not going to lock in going this Tuesday with you is that if I have to force myself to watch one of these and if it turns out I really enjoy it, I might as well get the credit and take the misses along. And then when I say, sweet, I'm off to watch Starship Trooper 17, you're not coming. Uh, no, this is my action film. I put up with your shit. Bring her out then, because you're not going to come and see the change-up, obviously. Oh no, she's nearly locked That's down. a matinee for me. Yeah. Janie, and the other one that, I, once again, I think is coming out, Events got it down as the 8th, Rialto's got Thursday to Sunday screenings, Lido's got it as the 15th, who knows? The Help. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, now, if, you're that, trailer. if you're choosing out of Jane Eyre, The Help, and The Change Up. Have they timed all these chick films to come out when the Rugby World Cup starts? I might just <laughs> fucking watch The All Blacks. <laughs> Somebody's bound to be playing somebody. <laughs> somewhere. I thought The Help looked really good, actually. Set in Mississippi during the Civil Rights bullshit. It's about a chick who writes a book from the point of view of the maids. Yeah, no, look, look, good looking. Uh, African American well, maids. Well done, whoever cut that trailer, because that was good. Yeah. That was effective trailer. Talent wise, it's Emma Stone. She was Wichita and Zombieland Jewels and Superbad. Viola Davis, who had that awesome fucking scene, my favourite scene from Doubt. Probably everybody's favourite scene from Doubt, which was full of favourite scenes, but she was powerful as shit in that. It's got Jessica Chastain again, man. Miss 2011. The chick from Tree of Life and Take Shelter and The Death. And she had like 20 movies this year, huge movies, and you've never heard of her before. Yeah, she, she, she's really rocking it. Sissy Spasek's in there, Juno's stepmom, and that, just because I like circular things. Yep. It's got Bryce Dallas Howard in it, who she was the lady in the water and she was the blind girl from the village. She took over from Nicole Kidman in Von Trier's Mandalay. She was Gwen Stacy in Spider-Man 3. Here we go. Emma Stone has taken over as Gwen Stacy in The Amazing Spider-Man. And now they're in a movie together. They can discuss Peter Parker together. <laughs> the only other thing out, man, is Steam of Life finally made it. The naked Finnish men beating each other with whips and shit. Oh, not whips. <laughs> I mean like birch branches. Sorry. Yeah. Not an S&M film. <laughs> naked Finnish men talking about shit in the sauna. Lots of dicks out, beers in hand, um, crying and talking about life and death and, and shit. I really enjoyed it, but uh, certainly not for everyone. A couple of things. I mentioned last week, Weekend's got a one-off screening coming up, but I didn't really know what I was talking about. I was trying to just remember it off the top of my head. Mm. It's Thursday the 15th, 6.30 at Rialto. It's full 20 bucks. What is it called? It's called Weekend. What's it about? It's uh, a gay weekend fling, but apparently it's beautiful and Bill. Ah, oh, it's Bill's fucking treat. Gotcha. Yeah. Dig, dig. His favourite from the festival. Well, one-off. Sort of thing. So it's coming back for one night. I'll probably end up at it. It's a gay one night stand becomes something more and lasts an entire weekend and becomes something special. I don't know. It's drink and drugs and strong English accents. When's it on? Thursday the 15th. But 20 bucks. You're not paying 20 bucks. I know you yeah, too Why is well. it 20 bucks? That's fucking balls. It's a special presentation by this group called Number 8 Films. They have like a monthly film night and they just play one. I don't know if it's for charity or anything, but they just pick one film and just play it once. So this thing probably isn't getting a release. Do you reckon they rang Bill and said we need to know what one film to play? this month <laughs> this one yeah maybe he's an investor and he's just fucking nah not at all yeah 20 ooh why 
they're doing that to me? Yeah. Suckers. Do you know how ballsy you got to be to pay that much for a film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's got to perform so much better. It's got to be great. It's got to be twice as good as the average film. Like Incendies. used to paying 10 Incendies was $10. Yeah. This thing thinks it's twice Incendies. <laughs> really? And just to finish off, Film Society this week is called The Center, which is a documentary from Germany. The director visits the 12 places that claim to be the center of Europe. Apparently kind of funny and filled with odd folks and whatnot. So yeah, I'll be along for that. That's uh, on at the Academy on the newly refurbished Lawn Street. 6.30 Monday the whatever. The next Monday is coming up. Yeah. 30 bucks for three films. Uh, you can see three films whenever you want. Three Mondays. Um, or 165 for a year. That's what's coming up, man. That's pretty dry, to the truth. Jane Eyre, The Help, The Change Up, Steam of Life, Weekend, and The Center. Yep. If you're a typical person looking for entertainment. You're coming off the last few weeks, which have been Captain America, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Fucking Cowboys and Aliens. This week you've got 60s Mississippi or 1840s. <laughs> you would have thought they'd try and squeeze one last good week out. There must just be nothing. Because they're about to hit the Rugby World Cup as well. They're about to have like three, four weeks of nothing. People aren't going to the movies. This doesn't fit into that? Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe this is the first time it's on. Maybe this is just when it starts. It hasn't started this Thursday. This is the last But they got the change up. It's a yeah. body swap. We haven't seen a body swap movie since the 80s, have we? Well, fuck off. <laughs> 2003. 13 going on 30. Shit like that. It's all painful. Jamie Lee Curtis. Tights. They must have just given up on men and they're trying to get the chicks into the cinema and Nige. Yeah, I'm going to watch all of those. So. <laughs> nice. But I'm only mentioning the ones too that jumped out at me. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it doesn't actually matter because not everybody's seeing the, the latest. It's the shit that's still playing. Like Captain America's probably still playing. Yeah. Like all that shit is still out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's only if you're hunting for new shit that you get disappointed on a week like this. I'm disappointed. Yeah. I'll say it. Go along and see. I think How I Ended the Summer might still be on. Incendies is still on. The Double Hour is still playing. Tempest, I think, has even got a couple of screenings left, maybe. There's shit on. Breakfast at Tiffany's is on over at Hollywood. I mean, there's still some incredible stuff playing. The new stuff this week only excites me by the look of it. I tell you what, though, here's a little trick for you. I'm sure all you people out there with taste are watching Breaking Bad. Season four is started in the US, and I magically get them appear on my computer. I don't know where it comes from, but if you could also get them to magically appear on your hard drives, I'd recommend watching it. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. That's not a big screen. Breaking Bad. Well, how big is your screen? 24 inches? 27, excuse me. Buy sales projectors and Breaking Bad. Season 4. I get a TV recommend as well. Rock it, rock that shit. I watched uh, Iconoclast Season 2, Episode 3. I don't even know what the show is, but it's, they just get two famous people and chuck them together and see what happens sort of thing. Tarantino and Fiona Apple apparently are best mates. And they just hang out. He goes to her concert and then she comes to Troublemaker Studios while he's making Grindhouse. It's a 2006 episode. They just hang out. It's like 45 minutes of them hanging out. I'm watching that. Heaps of really cool shit. Heaps of really embarrassing shit. You know what he's like. Tarantino talking. I know what he's like. Rodriguez stops in for a second. Of course he fucking does. What's it called? Iconoclast. Oh, look at that. You're running down. Season 2, episode 3. <laughs> I wonder if I can get the magic to work on that bad boy. <laughs> Fine, I'll have to write down Breaking Bad as well. Nah, who am I kidding? I'm halfway through season three re-watching it before I start season four what a fucking show it's awesome it's us man yeah awesome catch you later audience <laughs> <laughs> too busy fucking taking notes down that shit's important we're out of here incendies bye <laughs>